Welcome back to the Project 24 YouTube podcast. This is episode 36. Well, hello, everyone. I am glad you are here. I'm, I'm also happy to be here with uh, Julia again. Uh, this is going to be fun. Oh, I have to say the thing. Y'all ready for this? I, I, that's my, my greeting <laughs> for the podcast here. So... This is going to be interesting uh, because this in this episode, I wanted to address something that I think more of us go through than we realize. And when you do, it can be kind of tough, but I wanted to speak directly to it. So this came from a thread in, in the Project 24 community um, by uh, Project 24 member Guinevere S. Uh, what was the name of the th thread? Do you have it pulled up? Uh, there? Yes, I do. It is... Industry audit, what is your take on few videos, massive views? There we go. So so basically the question was, the, the Guinevere S had found some channels, they were doing industry audit, and they had found some channels that were really, they didn't have a lot of videos, but they had massive views. So it was in a similar niche as their channel they're looking to create. Uh, and so it, the I think the sentiment was, what the heck? Like, how are these channels with so few videos, able to have massive views. I, oh, and, and in a lot of cases, you can follow that up with, if you've been doing YouTube for a while, like, well, I, I published something very similar and I don't get nearly that much. Like, what the heck? Is, is YouTube stacked against me? Do they have some secret formula that I don't have? Uh, uh, there's a lot of directions that we could take this and I've, I've felt similarly in the past as well. So I'm, I'm relating with this feeling. But it was so much so that I wanted to speak on this, um, what I'm going to call hidden proficiencies or hidden factors behind other channels' successes that we might not always realize. So I guess my purpose, our purpose for this podcast, for this episode, is to speak to those, be, be a bit of eye-opener for you as well as to eye-opening, help you not feel so bad about yourself <laughs> And also just explain a bit of what you can expect. And I, I mean this truly for the more time you have on YouTube, the more you're aware of these types of things. But no matter where your channel is right now, um, many of these factors will play into your channel growth at some point. So uh, also a bit of the behind the scenes here, a little, a little sneak peek here. Uh, so Julie and I are producing a video right now for the Channel Makers uh, YouTube channel where we're reviewing, we're analyzing, we basically have watched with a fine-tooth comb the all of the videos from the YouTube uh, channel maker, Mr. Beast, which many people are, are, are aware of. The channel's almost 100 million subscribers as of recording this. And we've watched all those videos. It's been a very interesting experience because... From the last year. From, from the last year, that, that's right. And it, it's been interesting because the... From from a surface level, I, I don't know if I'd say this publicly here, I'm not exactly his audience for his content. The reason why Mr. Beast, the channel, um, is is often reviewed and analyzed by people that are wanting to learn YouTube is because he's one of the most vocal large channels about YouTube, about how to grow a channel and, and all of that, right? Mm -hmm. But we've been finding some interesting things. I don't know if you want to give a little sneak peek on anything, uh, Julia. Yeah, there's well, there's a lot of hidden things. And I think we've, we've run down some rabbit trails as we've been watching all of his videos for a while. We were looking at specific patterns and how long between cuts and, 
and different story arcs and things like that. It was it yeah. for a while there. We thought we had we were onto something with a forty-seven second story arc. Uh, uh-huh. We would see him repeat that in videos: forty-seven seconds, and then move on to the next story arc, move on and move on. Then it got kind of broken yeah. in some of the videos. So I'm not sure if we're going to share that one in the video. Yeah, but there were there were lots of other interesting things, and I think. Uh, we both started out not particularly admiring that channel, but the longer I look into it, the more I see that he has he has some strategies that are pretty genius, but I, I do think they can be replicated. Yeah, yeah. So the video, you have that to look forward to. You you heard it here first. I don't know when exactly we're publishing that video in a couple of weeks as of recording this. Uh, you have that to look forward to because... It's interesting. Uh, we're going to take the angle of, this is a little behind the scenes here, we're going to take the angle of some things that Mr. Beast does that you should not be doing. Um, because there are several things that, because it's a channel that a lot of people look to as, well, that is the example YouTube channel. So they try to replicate it, and they're completely missing the mark a lot of times. And in many cases, I would, to your face, tell you, do not do it like Mr. Beast because it will not work for your channel. And there's a lot of reasons for that. So it's going to be kind of a, a fun video. But I wanted to bring that up because, one, you're, you're awesome, and we wanted to share some of the behind the scenes here. But, but two, the hidden proficiencies, uh, the, the hidden factors that go into the success of a Mr. Beast video are insane. I feel like I've only scratched the surface of the amount of things that goes into a single video. And it's funny because... A uh, while back, the, the OGs here might remember, I did a video on Channel Makers where I, where I analyzed a 200 Mr. Beast thumbnails and found some really cool stuff. But there were comments on that video that were interesting to me that, because some of the people said, well, he could post a, an image of a blank wall and it would get millions of views. And it's true, but that's not the point. The point is the amount of proficiency that went into it to build up to that level. He started somewhere and, you know, people say, well, I don't have as much money as Mr. Beast. I can't. He didn't start out with a lot of money at all. He said he he saved a dollar a day to try to get a microphone. And that was hard for him because he he didn't start out famous. He didn't start out wealthy. He started somewhere and had to use those strategies to get to the point where he is now. Yeah, so let's talk to some of the things. When you're looking at channels, when you're listening to this, when you're looking at channels and you see, again, to this Guinevere S, this thread about like, well, what the heck? Like, am I just doing something wrong? This other channel gets 100,000 views on a video and they only publish every two months. Like, how is that even fair, right? Well, let, let's speak to this. The first one is there are things, there are hidden factors on the YouTube platform itself that you don't see. And you are probably aware of some of these, but it's worth repeating as a reminder here. And you may not be aware of some of these things. One is you don't know how many videos they published before. They, because when they private a video, it's completely, you can't see it. It's off of their analytics. It's off of everything. Uh, so it's gone. You don't know how many videos they published before they're all of a sudden, they only have 10 videos on their channel. To you, to the public eye, they only have 10 videos and they're all super successful. You don't know. That's the first thing. The second thing is you don't know this one's even trickier because sometimes we'll even see a channel that's new in terms of when they joined. You can see when that channel joins Facebook or, or Facebook. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Bleep that part out, right? Uh, you can see when that channel joins. <laughs> I honestly don't know where that came from. I talk oh, about okay. YouTube so much. You would think I would, I would not 
make that mistake. That's funny. You can see when the channel joins YouTube. And so you can see that and say they're only two months old and yet they're already at a million subscribers. Like what the heck, what happened there? You don't know how many other channels they have created. You don't know. There's no direct connection. I mean, you, you don't know any of those things. And in most of the time, when I see a channel do that, it's at least eight out of 10 times. Um, when I've really dug, I've always been able to find out they had previous channels. When I see a channel explode to that degree, they had previous experience on YouTube specifically, because that's different than filmography and all of that stuff, right? Uh, and then the other thing is, there is a multitude of subtle proficiencies that make a good video. There's just, it's a mix. And it's a mix for YouTube and it's a mix for the right audience on YouTube. And many times people will come to YouTube with more of those proficiencies already acquired. And so when they have those already acquired and then they start a YouTube channel, it's natural that they will have a shorter time to success because they don't have to learn as many things as someone that went to YouTube and had never seen a YouTube video, never recorded themselves, never edited, never sh taught anything, never shared something. Uh, yeah, I think you get the point I'm making here, right? Yeah. So that that's the stuff. You, it's just you don't know the full picture on YouTube itself. But then there's the other side. What about the things you don't see that are off of YouTube, that aren't even on the YouTube platform? Things like their team, uh, do they have a team that's helping them produce videos? Uh, do You don't know how many resources they spent uh, to get to this level of proficiency, this level of professionalism. You don't know how much it cost. Uh, you don't know the amount of time. You were saying that earlier, Julia, that that one of the things, well, actually, why don't you share one of the thing, the eye-opening things about uh, Mr. Beast? Yeah, is he's, he spends, I think, in his opinion, maybe 300% longer on the footage he acquires. So he says, you know, the other guys will spend maybe 20 hours on a video and he'll have his team on set filming for maybe three days straight to get as much footage as possible. And you wouldn't know it because his videos are so fast paced and he cuts out so much of the initial footage that you might think he spent less time filming, but he spent a lot more in most cases, I think, than his competition. Yeah, and, and that, that applies across YouTube. I'm, I'm glad you you brought you said that because you don't know how much time went into producing that video unless they tell you. <laughs> they say, I spent 100 hours making this video for you, which is the case oftentimes. I've had a lot of times videos shared with me when I'm gathering data on, on channel makers, et cetera, and it's a 15-second video, and they said, I spent 100 hours on this because of how much minutia and, and animation, it was an animation they had put together. It was... It was a pretty epic animation, but they were like, this took a lot of work. Yeah. And I think one thing I've found that um, it's probably, I would think usually true is that the more, um, the more hours of footage and time spent in general, not just filming, but the more time you spend on a video and the shorter the video is, so if you spend a lot of time making it, end up with a really short video that, that quantity over quality that's, or sorry, quality over quantity. Uh -huh. That's what can make a really good video. And that's what a lot of these big guys, you know, successful channels are doing that you're likely not going to notice behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. The other factor that I would add there is, especially 
in the case, I, I see this all the time on YouTube where there will be a channel that's, from YouTube terms, they're fairly new. Like they don't know YouTube that much, but the level of other experience they have um, contributes to their success more quickly. If someone was a, I don't know, a world-class pianist or something, and then they started a YouTube channel, you can see it. It's, it's like, duh, but we, when we're comparing ourselves to other channels, we often just don't even think of that type of stuff. It, if that type of person started a channel, they have a leg up. They're, they're naturally better able to do that because they've put in the hundreds or thousands of hours before even getting uh, to the platform. So that's the other thing you'd look at. And then the other thing I would say is uh, outside of factors outside of YouTube is connections. Not secret ways to beat the algorithm. I'm not saying connections within YouTube and they have employees, you know, tweaking their algorithm form. I'm not saying that. I'm saying they have people in their circle of influence with experience or skill sets to consult with, to, to collaborate with. And, and I don't just mean YouTube collaborations, but have conversations. Say, what do you think of this? You know, what do you think of this? And even if those other consultants aren't directly YouTube-centric, they still bring a multitude of experience and getting a lot of those team members on their team, which by the way, you're listening to this. If you aren't in a position where you have people that you're consulting with um, more regularly, I might look into that. I might look into are, are there additional skill sets, maybe weaker points of what you're trying to do with your channel that it might be valuable to have people in your, in your uh, circle of influence, so to speak, um, just get them on your team in whatever way um you feel like will be most valuable to you and that will help your channel. I'm, I'm sure of that. And I would say maybe, maybe try to utilize friends or I know a lot of you are probably in a position where you're thinking I can't afford to hire a team, but you know, you might be surprised what kind of people are already in your life that, that you could learn from and maybe help you out in some ways. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm going to add a warning to that. <clears throat> That, that would be make sure that whoever you go to for advice is qualified to give that advice. Yeah. But that doesn't mean, oh, if it's just a friend, I can't go to them for anything. The thing is, what is that friend qualified to give you advice on? Well, I can think. Are they qualified to tell you, was that an interesting to watch video? <laughs> Were there boring parts of the video? Almost anybody would be qualified to do that. Now, the it's best if they're your target audience. I, I get that. There's a lot of factors in there. But when you're looking, which I'm, I'm glad you brought that up, when you're looking for people to consult with, also think about what advice are you looking for and what are they qualified to give advice on? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I think that will be helpful. Uh, the, so you've got hidden factors here. Take the pressure off of yourself. In many of these cases, there's a lot going on that you don't see. I, that's one of my big purposes with, with sharing this. Uh, and Julie and I just wanted to talk about this behind the scenes of it's you're going to see stuff like that. You're going to feel like, oh, my gosh, they're they know something I don't know. They're 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 so much better than me. There's the comparison thing. And there's always something you can learn, which is why drafting. That's why I encourage it so strongly. There's always things you can learn from them. But in the end, it's you having your own journey. Uh, you're not living their journey. They have their own their own experiences with it. So take some of that pressure off yourself, okay? <laughs> Another thing I would say is I noticed in the question, uh, you seem to, it wasn't just comparing yourself against these other channels. You were also mentioning, like, look, these are two two separate channels in my same niche. And one of, you know, they both seem really good. Why does this one person have a lot of views and this other person doesn't who seems just as good? Um, 
But like Nate said, I think there's a lot of reasons for that. And something that analyzing Mr. Beast for a week taught me is that <laughs> it can take a long time to figure it out. You know, watch those, watch those intros side by side. Maybe they both seem like good intros, but is one a little bit better? And why would that be? Is one a little bit shorter? Is one a little bit more entertaining? And analyze every aspect of those two channels, maybe as part of your drafting to figure out why does this one apparently have such a big advantage? Yes, I love that you said that. And one of the powers of drafting is you do your industry audit, you know what your industry is like on YouTube, then you're drafting, you pick those specific channels, is then you have a focus. Because your job isn't to analyze all of YouTube. That's my job. (laughs) (laughs) That's not your job, okay? But within your space, it would do you well to get really um, in. Exactly what Julia was saying. As deep as you want to go and as deep as is helpful. It's not that you need to take weeks on end before you make your next video. But if there's something that keeps coming up, you're like, I don't know how to tell a story like the other channels on my niche. And then you go and you find, okay, where, where are some story videos? Watch how they do it. Think behind the scenes. What, what just happened? Why, how do I feel right now watching that video? That's the kind of stuff I'd be asking myself um, as I'm going through them. So I feel like that would be helpful for you. The other thing I wanted to say here is typically a, uh, we all want to be abnormal. We always want to be you know, out of the norm with our, our YouTube channel, and that's great, right? That's not to say we can't have those goals. But typically... The growth of a channel looks like stair-step progression. So let's say I have a brand new channel. Um, Multiple course corrections over time will lead to the hockey stick of growth. Where you talk about you get a little bit, little bit, little bit, and then you have something take off. Some video takes off, and then oftentimes that'll pull up the rest of your channel because it became a kite video, right? Um, Referring to the, uh, the YouTube system here, if you haven't, watch that lesson you can to to understand a bit more about kite videos um so you'll see a jump right but what led to that jump most of the time it's multiple little proficiencies and the thing is it's it's one of the flaws of marketing in general we'll find something that like oh this channel exploded when they did this one thing and it's not that it's a lie it's that that was just the tipping point that one thing. But the thing is, it wouldn't have been able to tip without all of the other proficiencies in place. And so when you're acquiring a skill set, even if you publish a video, you put your heart and soul into it, you, you publish it and it doesn't do that great. If you progressed with that video, you were on the right track. Uh, that, and that's just how it works. If that helps you have the motivation in the moments, right? You progress with that video and you keep going, right? But then also, we have... I, I blame I blame Disney for this one. Uh, we have this idea that there's like the happily ever after moment for a channel uh, where, oh, you have a video takeoff, then your whole channel explodes, you've made it. You're good, right? Uh, anybody that's built a, a large channel <laughs> knows that that's, that's not true or anybody that's like accomplished something really big in life. It's their steps. And so we talk about the hockey stick. It should be hockey sticks mm-hmm. of growth because you'll reach a new level and then, you know, your channel will, will keep going. You might peter off for a little while. And that just means next level proficiency. More of those hidden factors that are leading to your success need to happen for you to reach the next level. And it's funny because uh, I think Julie and I were having a conversation about this. You know, 
right now I'm in a stage where I, I'm, I'm like, do I even know how to make YouTube thumbnails or titles? Like, am I even good at that at all? I'm like I, I stink at those. Yeah. <laughs> That's my current <laughs> feeling. And it's funny because I don't know, I, I shift the mindset there and, and you realize this must mean that I'm ready for a next, a next phase of, of learning, you know, mm. the more you learn about an industry or a, a, a skill, the more you realize how big the field actually is. So you feel like you're worse at it than, than when you first started and you had too much confidence. Uh huh. Yeah, exactly that. And then also, um, the, the name of the game is adapting and, uh, and you know, this listening to this, it's, I'm just reminding you, this doesn't just apply to YouTube. It's the name of the game is, is adapting, you know? And so it, there's never a, I made it point with your channel. It's, I made it to this step mm-hmm. and then I'm adapting, you know, um, it's kind of how it works there. Yeah. With, with any business, that's one of the main things that you will learn in a business class is adapting and the companies that don't do that will fail and the small businesses and the startups have to be willing to adapt. Yeah. So there's hoping that we give you a bit of motivation and just open the door a little bit for what goes on behind the scenes of a successful channel. I, if there's a takeaway from this, well, two takeaways. One is, look, <laughs> it, hidden factors of success. And if you don't, don't compare yourself directly in that way and don't feel bad because they're somehow more successful than you. The second is growth mindset. And I don't know if you've read the book, um, Mindset by Carol S. Dweck. That is highly recommended. If you ever find yourself in a situation where you just keep feeling bad about your channel or the project you're working on, if, you, if you're ever at the point where you're feeling like, ah, I just, I'm not as good at them or just feelings, you're just feeling bad about yourself, check out that book. I highly, highly recommend it because in that she describes two different mindsets. There's the fixed mindset, which is basically the belief that you can't change. The, the way you are is just the way you are versus growth mindset, which means it's all, it's fluid. Things can change. And um, so that, that's the other takeaway. Uh, if there's something that you're seeing other channels doing or you're, you're not sure what they're doing, but they're having more success than you, dive deep. In those drafted channels that you have on your dra- in your channel blueprint, dive deeper. If you're feeling like I am not getting it, why are these channels doing it and I'm not getting it? Dive deep into them. Ask yourself questions. What just happened? How many scenes are in this? What's the energy? How did they do their intro? What's their call to action? Um, what What's the story of this video? I'd be asking myself questions like that, and I will guarantee that you will find some really cool stuff as a result of doing that kind of study. So those are our uh, call, call to actions for you on this. I, do you have anything else? Uh, I just thought of a Mr. Beast quote to bring him up one final time. And then we'll be <laughs> <Okay>. done with him. <laughs> but um, In one of his interviews, he said, anytime you're wondering why the algorithm does something, replace the word algorithm with audience. That's a, that's a rough quote. I'm sure he didn't say exactly like that. Uh-huh. But I found that very interesting. So why didn't the algorithm like this video? No, why didn't my audience like this video? And again, don't beat yourself up. It's a, it's a growth process, of course. But um, yeah, it's, it's more about the, the audience most likely likes something better about those videos that are doing really well than the other ones, even if it's hard to tell why. Love it. We'll end with that. You're, you, you're doing awesome. And we'll see you next time.
Project 24 is a product of Income School LLC. Results mentioned are not typical. The trademark Project 24 refers to the goal of some people to create a successful business in 24 months, but is not a promise or guarantee of that success. Many online businesses fail because, like any business, it requires hard work, skill, and dedication. Before making business decisions, consult financial and legal professionals licensed in your jurisdiction. So in short, the only person who can make your business successful is you. We are simply here to provide information to help you along the way.